good morning. Y'all sound awake. I, I looked across and, and at some of y'all and I noticed that uh, there's a lot of yawning and, and stretching and uh, some of y'all act like you're tired. So uh, just a reminder, you can't hoot with the owls and soar with the eagles. And that is advice that I need to give to myself, okay, also. Appreciate uh, Benjamin leading singing and Glenn with the good prayer. And let me mention right here as we begin that I really appreciate the prayers when those men come up here and lead prayers. It is very seldom that they do not mention the elders or the deacons in the congregation. And we want you to know that we appreciate that. We need those prayers. And I want to acknowledge that that is very much appreciated on our behalf. Today's lesson, the title of it is Payback. And maybe you've heard one say this, uh, some cliches that I'm going to use this morning. Some people will say, I don't get mad, I get even. You've probably heard that. And in another sense, along those same lines, you may have heard somebody say, no good deed goes unpunished. Meaning that sometimes people don't appreciate what you do. Or sometimes we get mad and, and we really want to follow through on getting mad. And so payback, payback is what we want. I don't know that we want justice. I don't know that we want mercy. We just want to get even. In 1 Samuel chapter 25, we, we have a story here that involves David, his soldiers, a man by the name of Nabal, and his wife Abigail. And looking and reading a, a few verses as we get started here, if you will bear with me. Then Samuel died. And the Israelites gathered together and lamented for him and buried him at his home in Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. Now there was a man in Maon whose business was in Carmel. And the man was very rich. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. The name of the man was Nabal. And the name of his wife, Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and beautiful in appearance. But the man was harsh and evil in his doings. He was of the house of Caleb. Then David heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep. David went, excuse me, David sent ten men, young men. And David said to the young men, Go to Carmel and go to Nabal and greet him in my name. And thus you shall say to him who lives in prosperity, Peace be to you, peace to your house, and peace to all that you have. Now I have heard that you have shears, your shepherds were with us. And we did not harm them, nor were there anything missing from them while they were in Carmel. Ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on a feast day. Please give whatever comes to your hand to your servants and to your son David. The first thing I want you to notice on this 
if you look at this, and I think it's a significant point, maybe to this story. Samuel is dead. Samuel, a great prophet for the Israelites, a man who literally was probably the Israelites' conscience. They looked for him for direction, for information, to guide them in the way that God wanted them to go. And so Samuel for the Israelites was that touchstone, that guide, that, that person, that confidant that they could turn to and know what direction they should take based on what God wanted them to do. You know, in our lives, there are people who are touchstones in our life. You know, maybe, maybe it was a parent, or maybe a grandparent, maybe an uncle or an aunt, but somebody close to us, maybe just a friend of the family that was older, that we would turn to and we know that we could go to him and that they were a sage of wisdom and that, that we could ask them or that they would direct us, or they would influence us in some way to do what is right. That was Samuel. But we have that in our lives. And, and as time goes, what sometimes, most of the time, all the time, happens to those touchstones in our life. They leave. They pass away. They're gone. And I, and I don't know how many times that I can tell you that, that there are times in my life, you know, uh, there are times I, I needed advice from my father. There are times that with Debbie's dad, who was a strong spiritual man, that I, he wasn't, he, after he passed away, I needed to ask him some spiritual advice. And he is gone. One of my, my touchstones was gone one of the guides. And so with Samuel being gone, we need to realize that. The other character that we look is Nabal. Rich man. 3,000 sheep. Let me assure you, if this man had 3,000 sheep, his feed bill was enormous. Okay? And 1,000 goats, I'd say he was chasing them through the bushes everywhere. Okay, so those of you who may have wondered about this shepherd. But it says that, that at this time it was shearing time. And, and usually shearing time with these folks was a... Actually, it's a celebration, you know. They, they celebrated the harvest. Well, this was much like a harvest, too, that, that they would celebrate the shearing of these. And it was usually done about one time a year here. We, you know, us shepherds don't shear all the time. But it says that he was kind of a, a, I guess I see him as a surly old man, a, a mean-spirited old man, a, a, a man who, as it calls, was evil in his dealings. Well, just for the record, he probably wasn't shearing him himself. He had shears there doing it. But if it was sheep shearing time and there's 3,000 to shear, there's a reason he was in a bad mood. Okay? Don't justify what he was doing. 
but he is rich. And as David and his men were there, they were in this area, they protected him. Didn't have to. They weren't obligated to. But David was there with his men, and they made sure that nothing happened. They literally, as as it states, they were a wall of protection for them. And so nobody, nobody raided them. Nobody stole their sheep. The men weren't harmed. Nobody got into their supplies. It was good that they were there. So David did a good deed for Nabal. But you know, when we look at this, you think, well, that, uh, Nabal would have been great for that because, you know, raiding was a, you know, has a pretty big, big thing. So David sent his men because he knew it was sharing time. And you have to look. He sent his men and as they had protected him, he thought that he had found favor. So he sent his men to ask them for some supplies, for some food and some things on that. And I know that David thought, well, you know, he'll be grateful. Here's David. I'm a fellow shepherd. And this man has helped protect my flock. And he'll be grateful and he'll, he'll be more than glad to turn over some supplies to us. We read on a little ways. <clears throat> so when David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all the words in the name of David and waited. Then Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants nowadays who break away each one from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shears and give it to the men who I do not know where they are from? So David's young men turned on their heels and went back. And they came and told all these words. Then David said to his men, Every man gird on his sword. So every man girded on his sword, and David also girded on his sword. And about 400 men went with David, and 200 stayed with the supplies. Literally in a ball. And you can see the arrogance in this man. Actually, you can probably see greed coming through too, along with that evil. Who is this David? You say... Now understand, David has already been chosen to become king. He's not king yet because Saul's still alive. And David does not attack God's anointed. David had a chance several times to do that. But David is going to be the king and notice how this man treats him. Who's David? How do I know you're not just here telling me this. You know, there's all kinds of people around that have run off and and servants that are leaving their masters. How do I know you're just not some of them coming in here just to get the food that I have fixed for my shears? I can almost assure you that this man knew of the goodness that David had shared with his people who kept his flocks. And they told him So in the same sense, 
David became angry. Folks, it's payback time. I took care of your flock. You don't even acknowledge me. You don't let send help to my men when I send them there, these young men. Tell you what, men, and this gives me cold chills. Strap on your swords. Put your swords on. We're going to write this. David straps on his. You know what that tells me? That tells me that this is personal. David took this insult to heart. I will show him what it's like to be grateful. I will show him what it is to snarl your nose at me whenever I have done something good for you and you won't return the favor. All of us, all of us may have been like, like this at one time for some reason. And, and maybe you have done something good for somebody. In a, and then what, what do you get in return? Ah, you didn't do nothing. You didn't do nothing for me. You didn't help me. That wasn't that big of a deal. Why, you've got all kinds of money. You could, you know. Didn't money. And I've been in this situation where I've done good for somebody and, and literally the, the thank you was a slap in the face. Oh, you talk about making blood curl. So David, David, you know, in his eyes felt like that this was justified. He's going to take 400 men with him and understand these men were warriors. They weren't, they weren't new recruits. They weren't schoolboys. These men were warriors. He left 200 to guard the supplies that he had and he's taking 400 with him. In his haste, and many times us, in our haste, in our anger, we decide to react to our feelings. And there's a chance. There's a chance that we'll carry out that reaction. If you've ever listened to Zig Ziglar, you ever notice in, in medical terms how people talk about things? If, something, if, you, if you give somebody medicine and all of a sudden they break out in bumps, their hairs fall out, you know what they say? He's had a reaction to that. And sometimes we react. But you know, sometimes if you give medicine and your skin tone looks better and you get the feeling better, you know what they say? He's responded to the medicine. So we have to look at ourselves so many times, you know, do we respond to situations or do we react to them? Most of the time, folks, I'm telling you, at least in my case, I want to react. I want to react to that situation. I want to react on my feelings because you did not acknowledge me, you made me mad, and therefore I'm going to pay you back and we are going to get even. 
I am going to get even with you. Had a man one time to me, and when he talks to me, he'll say, Are you mad? And you understand, I don't, when I get mad, I don't go screaming and throwing things or anything. When I get mad, it's about like this is the way I look when I get mad. Okay? But, I told him, I says, you'll know it. He says, well, how I know it? I says, I'll tell you I'm mad. That's going to be it. David was mad. And David's intent was to go in there and he was going to kill every male in his camp. Let's put it this way. Nabal was not going to have to worry about paying his shears because David was going to take care of him. Through the next little passage that we look at, Abigail intervenes. Some of the helpers with, with Nabal came to Abigail and they told him the situation. And Abigail... And I like what the scriptures say about her. Not only was she a beautiful woman, but she was smart. Abigail intervened. And in the passage that we look at through 1 Samuel 25, 14-35, I'm, I'm not going to read that. I'm going to kind of summarize here. But Abigail prepares to meet David. And she goes to him with some supplies. Now you have to understand... David was on the move. He was ready to go and carry through what he said he was going to do. And there was a risk. He may have been so mad that here's Nabal's wife. Let's just get her out of the way too. Free get out of the way, woman. Sometimes us men say that, don't we? That's When we do that, we're asking for trouble. But Abigail was smart enough to know that here, let me go and carry some supplies to David. And she goes to David, and you can see that David responds to her. He doesn't react, he responds to her. She encourages David not to seek revenge. She encourages him to do the right thing. You know, that's an important thing here. You notice how we talked about that Samuel was there and Samuel may have been that touchstone that kept him on the right path. In our lives, we have them. But if you notice here, here comes a person that intervenes in David's life and keeps David from doing something that he would have regretted long ago. David would regret it for a long, long time and more than likely would have fell out of favor with God if he had carried through. Why? Because David was reacting on his feelings, not on his head or his heart. Abigail changes David's mind. David does not attack. You know, we have those kind of people in our lives that may step into our lives 
after that touchstone is gone. But we may have those people who step into our lives that keep us from making a bad mistake. I remember a situation one time, again, I know it's hard to believe that I ever get mad. Trust me, I do. I was so mad. I was to the point, I told Debbie, I said, if I could call down lightning from heaven, let me tell you what I'd do. I was about to finish my sentence. She finished it for me. But you wouldn't do it. And that made a calm come over me and a realization that no, I can't react that way. Maybe it's something that we're thinking about doing. Maybe it's something that, that popped up. Maybe it's something we've been studying on. There is that person that may come into your life and say, maybe you need to think about that a little bit more. Isn't it nice that God sends those kind of people into our lives and those people that God sends into other people's lives are sitting here in this auditorium this morning to be an encouragement, to help us to get through difficult times. I like the Alabama song, not that it has any biblical or spiritual reference, but I do like the words to it. The old Alabama songs when they sing, I believe there are angels among us. Not literally angels in here, but there are people who intervene in each other's lives to make our spiritual lives better. Make our spiritual lives better more solid by directing us back into God's Word, back into God's understanding of what He would have us to do. Those who help us and guide us away from sin. First Samuel 25, 36-39. So David received from her hand what she had brought him and said to her, Go up in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. Now Abigail went to Nabal and there he was holding a feast in his house like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was very merry within him for he was very drunk. Therefore she told him nothing little or much, until morning light. So it was, in the morning, when the wine had gone from Nabal, and his wife had told him these things, that his heart died within him, and he became like a stone. Then it happened, after about ten days, that the Lord struck Nabal, and he died. So then David heard that Nabal was dead, and he said, Blessed be the Lord, who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal, and has kept his servant from evil. For the Lord has returned to the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. And David went and proposed to Abigail to take her as his wife. 
David acknowledged what Abigail had done. That she had, had stopped him from doing something very evil. Stopped him from sin. You know, sometimes we think we've got to solve the situation. We've got to take care of the matter. But sometimes folks in our lives, just like in David's here, when we heed the advice of maybe someone else that points us back in the direction that God wants us to go, God's going to take care of the matter, the situation. Sometimes we wonder why so many evil people flourish whenever we may struggle. Why is that churches in so many of the foreign lands face you know, adversity, that they face persecution. And the first thing you might want to think, man, we need to go in there and we need to wipe out those people that are doing bad to them. We need to just wipe them off the face of the earth so the church can grow. Or so that those people can grow. Understand. We just need to do what is right. That is keep teaching and preaching and encouraging through God's Word. God will take care of it. As he did here with David. He took care of that revenge that David was seeking. And God upheld David's cause. And avenged the insult. And I know that David was truly grateful for that other person who stepped into his life. Because in doing so, David had said in what Saul, so many things happened to Saul that the Spirit of God had left Saul. And folks, I think that may have scared David. When David realized that what Saul had done and then all the things that started happening to Saul, even though he was still king, God protected David and David never once laid hand or hurt God's anointed Saul until Saul was, was dead. Then David became king. God will take care of us. You know, it's important to have those kind of influencers, as I call them, in our lives. Those people we know, those people that that we grew up with and they, they, they were there to point us. Many of them may be gone in their lives. But you know what? You, each one of you may be that touchstone, that guide for someone else. But I know that many of you are that influencer that encourages somebody to do what is right to stay on the path that we need to stay on, to not do harm. And isn't it interesting that during time that God provides for us so much, and yet we lighten the ball so much, just, react, just reject the idea that God has done anything. We don't acknowledge Him, or some people don't acknowledge Him, what He has done. And yet, God still loves us and provided for us. And whenever we need to give back, 
Maybe there's those people that turn away God's wrath from us by keeping us from doing sin. You know, that's what happened with us, with Jesus Christ. God gave us everything we need. But yet, we kind of snarl our nose at that sometimes. But yet, Jesus Christ turned the wrath of God away from us if we are obedient to His Word, if we listen to Him. This morning, if you're not a Christian, if you have not been baptized, everything is in place, everything is ready for you to obey God's Word. May, may this congregation be one of those influencers that encourages you to do what is right. Repent of your sins. Confess Jesus Christ. Be buried with Him in baptism. Raised to walk in a newness of life. Changed. Those transgressions blotted out. Or maybe a person has backslidden, as we use that term. And they need to be restored to where they were. Maybe they have been an obedient believer in Jesus Christ, but yet they've wandered away. Why not return this morning ask for the prayers of the congregation? And we will pray for you. Whatever your needs may be this morning, we encourage you to come forward while we stand and while we sing.